Hello out there in cyberspace, Amazon, the company none of us can seem to get away from. Whether you're a Prime member or just surfing the web on sites hosted by AWS, the company is inescapable, and it's worse when you work for them. Especially if you're an independent contractor running delivery vans, it's a job where crushing debt, sudden shifts in policy, and impossible demands are the norm. Here to walk us through what's going on is Motherboard Senior Staff Writer and Expert on All Things Amazon, Lauren Kaori Lauren Gurley. So I'm so sorry. Uh, I've gotten that right every other time but this one. Um, the delivery drivers are the subject of her new piece, I Had Nothing to My Name, Amazon Delivery Companies Are Being Crushed by debt. I'm Matthew Galt, and this is Cyber. Lauren, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm good. It's been a while. Thanks for having me back on. Yeah, absolutely. Hello, everybody in chat. Thank you for being here. If you're wondering why I'm leaning back uh, in a strange kind of position, it's because my co-producer, Gus the Cat, I can get the camera kind of over there, uh, is keeping my seat warm, and if I don't keep him distracted, he will get up on the console and hit all kinds of buttons, and it will be absolute chaos in this stream, and we cannot have that. Um, so, Lauren, thank you so much again for joining us. Uh, I think a really great place to start with this story is Jim. Uh, I think it's a really strong opening in the piece. Can you tell us about Jim? Sure. So Jim is actually a pseudonym, um, but Jim is a, a middle-aged guy. He uh, was living in the Midwest up until a few years ago. He had an MBA. He's spent two decades working in the logistics industry. He has six kids, a wife. He owns a house. And in 2020, um, he decided to sign up for this uh, Amazon Delivery Service Partner Program, which is basically a program where you partner with Amazon and run a last-mile delivery company out of one of their warehouses. Um, and so technically, you're a small business owner, but you have um, sort of Amazon's technology, their branded vans, their brand their logistics experience to help you along. Um, and so I think that's sort of why this appealed to him. He was like, wow, this, I can, I can basically partner with Amazon. Um, he uh, had to basically pack up and sort of move his entire life from this city in the Midwest where he lives to, to open this company in Boston. It was the only sort of available spot where he could start. Um, and uh, he, you know, he starts in uh, March 2020, just as Boston is descending into lockdown um, and demand for Amazon services have skyrocketed and are, because everyone is staying at home suddenly. Um, and so the first few months were like pretty difficult for him in Boston. You can't just drop a package on someone's doorstep. You have to give it to a customer or a receptionist or like a, put it in a secure spot. Um, and so, and, you know, Amazon is basically um, giving him performance ratings based on how successfully he does this. This is delivering, you know, thousands of packages. And actually, it's I think he says he delivered three million in his first year. This was with like a fleet of 30 vans um, and around like 60 to 80 drivers. 
Um, so, uh, 16 months later, fast forward, he gets a call out of the blue from someone high up in corporate at Amazon telling him that they're basically severing his contract. He has a month to shut down and to lay off, um, some 70, 80 drivers that he has, um, on payroll and to sort of break the news to them. Um, and when I spoke to him on the phone, Um, you know, obviously he had basically uprooted his life to go start this program in Boston where he had never lived before. Um, but the main thing that he was really concerned about was all of the debt that he had racking up. So he owes, um, you know, tens of thousands of dollars for, uh, van leases that he signed. He owes, um, because he passed like his annual review with flying co- colors, he had extended a five-year lease for a parking lot in Boston um, that cost, uh, I think, $3,200 a month. Um, he had also extended a five-year lease on an office space that cost $1,200 a month. He has a two-year lease on an apartment there. This isn't. He still has like more expenses that need to be sort of assessed, but he's, you know, t- tens of thousands of dollars in debt. He's facing losing his house. Um, he can't afford to pay any of these bills. Um, and so basically he's in a really tough position right now um, where, uh, you know, he doesn't know if basically he's going to lose everything he owns. And like I said, he has six kids. So um, he's also developed a heart condition who knows if that's, you know, from Amazon or not, but he says it's sort of from the stress of everything that's happened. How did, okay, t- can you tell me a little bit more about this phone call and like what we know about why they dropped him? Do, they, do we know anything? Yeah, so he gets a phone call, like I said, out of the blue last July, giving a, a month to shut down. And it's from someone who um, identifies them as a representative of Amazon's network health group. Um, you know, I've tried to figure out what Amazon's network health group is. They don't really have any sort of uh, presence online. Um, they're referenced a few times in his sort of severance contract, separation contract with Amazon. Um, but uh, they also didn't give him any reason, no. And um, they, they asked him to sign a, an NDA. Um, in return for signing the NDA, he was going to get $10,000, and it would basically mean that he wouldn't um, speak at all about sort of this separation. Um, and so, uh, you know, not only does he not know, but I, I talked to other, another owner who had the same thing happen to them where they were, they had their contract pulled from out, out from under them and, and they were given no reason either. Right. So let's, let's, let's back up just a little bit and get some of the basics, I think out of the way here. Um, like Jim's a really good introduction to what's going on, but like, let's, let's zoom out. So, I think one of the one of the interesting things I learned from this story, and then uh, I wrote a story a couple months ago about the guy who had the delivery van in front of his house for mm-hmm. for weeks uh, in California. I was learning that like these Amazon branded delivery vans that are coming around are not actually run by Amazon, right? There's an independent contractor in the middle who kind of runs these fleets. How does all of this work exactly? Yeah, so what I was talking about when he started his small business, he Amazon has this program that actually only started back in 2018 to compete with um, UPS and USPS. 
um, Amazon sort of launched its own last mile delivery service. And the people who are delivering the packages and who own these small businesses are, are employees of these small businesses. Jim is one of these small business owners. So Amazon, um, you know, relies on, I, I, I just, uh, 2,500 of these small companies worldwide to deliver their packages. And those 2,500 small companies, uh, you know, have 158,000 drivers. Um, and so as, as contractors, these small businesses are responsible for paying for drivers' wages, for their health insurance, if they work overtime, uh, for workers' compensation, if they get injured. They are liable for van damages. They don't own the vans, um, but they're liable for anything that happens to these vans. And most of the vans are owned by other third parties. They're liable for workers' comp claims. If a, if a van gets like stuck in the snow and needs a tow, they have to pay that. If it gets a parking ticket, they have to pay that. So all of these costs are offloaded by Amazon onto these small businesses. Um, so Amazon, this this setup, you know, uh, creates a situation where Amazon is able to skirt liability for its delivery operations, last mile delivery, which is extremely, you know, dangerous and has potential for racking up a lot of costs while making it sound like they're giving these small business owners or entrepreneurs like the opportunity to work with them, which sounds good on paper. Right. Last mile means basically like Amazon handles shipping things across the country. And then when it needs to get it to your door, it hires out some people to do that part. Right. Yeah. I should have said that. So those, the, the like Amazon branded vans that you see in basically every city in the United States, those are the vans that are delivering packages to your doorstep. Those, that part of the, the, um, the supply chain is, is not run by Amazon, even though it very much looks like it is. And a lot of people think that it is. All right. So I have their, like kind of the landing page for the signup pulled up on the stream here. What, what, what exactly is the pitch? Why do people do this? Why sign up to do this? Yeah. So I think the tagline is own your own success. Um, Basically, Amazon says with only $10,000 startup investment, you can work with us and you can sort of scale up a delivery operation to, um, if you're successful, I think the brochure says you'll you'll be making anywhere between $70,000 and $300,000 a year in annual profit. And you can be making up to $4.5 million a year in revenue. Um, this program is definitely targeted toward people who might not otherwise be able to, um, you know, have the, the capital to start up, to create a startup like this. And, uh, one of the main groups of people that, uh, they, uh, market to are veterans, um, because veterans, I guess, you know, have logistics experience. Um, there are also special incentives for Black and Latinx and Native American people to start com- these companies with Amazon. How many people did you interview that were these contractors running these companies? Um, the business owners themselves? Yeah. I t- to, I've talked to many, many of them over the course of my reporting. For this story in particular, I talked to four who had a, a racked up and amassed 
you know, serious, serious debt or serious, serious expenses that they cannot pay for. Um, and uh, the story focused on those four people. So this is this is J. Deuce has a good question. This is something I've been pondering as I as I as I read these stories and I read a lot of your stories, actually, is what's the line between being an Amazon employee and not being an Amazon employee? Because like for all in like what it sounds like here is that Amazon has figured out a way to push all of the risk onto an individual um, mm-hmm. and, and kind of reap all the rewards. And we should say that Amazon has an incredible amount of control over what's, I mean, they can, they can pick up the phone one day and shut down your whole business. Right. But the, right, the right. level of control, yeah, for, for no given reason, but the level of control extends beyond that. Right. Can you talk about that a little bit? Like what the, what the metrics are and, and kind of how Amazon interferes in your daily operations. Yeah. So, um, Amazon basically, you know, it may be a frame that you're a small business, but Amazon basically controls nearly every aspect of how your business works. So they control hiring, who gets hired, who gets fired, uh, the payroll system, which, um, leasing management companies, you can get your vans from the audits that Amazon requests that you do at any point in time, they can request an audit on any aspect of your operation. They control, um, you know, how much these delivery companies are paid per package, per route. They create the routes. They create, like, they get to decide how many packages each driver is going to deliver on each route. They decide, um, basically everything. And, uh, there was a really great, uh, story last year in Bloomberg where someone got some internal document that Amazon basically has control over the length of these delivery drivers, fingernails and their body odor. Um, so it's just, wait, wait, why, why is, why is that? How often are they interacting with the public that they have to, they need to talk about body odor and the length of people's fingernails? <laughs> well, for Amazon, like brand image is extremely important. And so like, this is true of vans too. Like if vans get scratches or if like the, something is falling apart, like the, the delivery company is responsible for fixing that right away because they think it's hurting their brand image. I think the fingernail and body odor thing is, is related to that. Um, and uh, you know, people argue, a lot of people argue that, you know, Amazon is actually the employer here. It's not the contractor. There's a joint employer situation. Um, I think there are some lawsuits around that. Um, but Amazon would like to say that, you know, these people aren't our responsibility yet. We want to control literally every aspect of, of sort of uh, your employment relationship with them. It sounds like the old, you know, the old setup from the mining days in the in the yeah. Cumberland Plateau, where you have someone in come, come in, call them, you know, an independent employee, but they have to buy everything from the company store because, like, they are <laughs> leasing the vans either from a third party or from Amazon itself, right? Right. And then when right. the business shuts down, they're in, they're in. You have to pay for everything that happened to the van while you were running the business, right? That's incredible. Right. right. Yeah. Actually, our. Uh, Someone else on our team, Aaron, was talking about, he was like, I can think of so many comparisons with like the 19th and 20th century to this setup. Um, But he didn't tell me what they were, but maybe that's one of them. Yeah, it definitely, um, 
definitely works to make Amazon richer and not have them and have them, you know, not pay for sort of the most expensive, one of the most expensive and risky parts of their, their business. Do you, was there ever a time, and I'm sorry if this is maybe something that you don't have the answer to, uh, was there ever a time where Amazon was completely in charge of the last mile or has it always been kind of contractors? No. So it, it started in 20 prior to 2018. Amazon did not have a last mile delivery service. There were no, if you can believe this, there were no Amazon delivery vans on the road. It was all being done by USPS and other parcel delivery services like UPS um, so, so yeah, Amazon has never controlled this. This is like part of the design of, of the program. And I, I should note that FedEx, um, has a similar setup where they also have delivery service partner owners. And I haven't read too much about them, but this is a model designed after what FedEx does. Gotcha. So they were, tr- they're basically, they're trying to cut out expensive infrastructure in middlemen that have been operating for decades is what it sounds right. like. Right. I mean, they're, they're, they're sub, like the point of subcontracting is just to, to, someone's decided that there's too much risk involved and it's cheaper to use another company to do your work for you, I think. All right. Can you tell me a little bit about one of the other things that I thought was really interesting in this was they kept talking about the people that were shut down, kept telling you that there was no sign from Amazon that they were doing the wrong thing, that they had passed all of their audits can we talk about like what it's like when somebody from Amazon shows up with a clipboard and starts looking into your business? Yeah. So Amazon conducts annual audits of its delivery companies. And some of the people who were shut down had, you know, they passed these audits with like fantastic scores. Um, Somehow they were still shut down, but in addition to that, Amazon can audit literally any aspect of your business at any time. So I was talking to this to this um, delivery service partner owner who also had his contract cut, and he was saying that you know for many months he was drug testing as Amazon requires his delivery drivers, and then sending the results of the drug test back to Amazon, and the results would come back like. Um, showing negative test results sorry showing positive showing negative test results but not showing I'm trying to remember how it was yeah showing positive ones but never showing negative ones and amazon started saying well, we, we want to see the positive ones and the negative ones because we changed our mind and he said well and so he ended up getting audited and he ended up having a breach of contract violation which is basically like amazon threatening to end his business over this and he was like well how was i supposed to know that you you know that you know i had to change the drug service provider that i was using because they weren't doing it the right way anymore after it had been fine for months and months and he said they did not offer him an answer um so it's just sort of like I think people are on edge. They're like, we don't know. Like, it's hard to keep track of everything. And even if you are keeping track of everything, it's like Amazon could change its policies or procedures at any moment and you could lose your business because of it. It just feels like arbitrary. Communication is bad. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. And they would also change routes, right? Right, right. So same guy uh, was a delivery service partner owner in in portland this isn't part of the auditing process but like 
you know, he could be delivering in some neighborhood, some easy suburban neighborhood, or I don't know if that's easy for for months and months. And then one day they could go, hey, tomorrow you're going to be delivering in downtown Portland, Um, which for people who run routes, it's like that takes a lot of adjustment to sort of work at a, work at a different route. Um, and so like the business will also take a hit from that because they're still expecting like the same quotas and things like this. I think one thing that this points to is that a lot of this program um, seems to be designed at like the corporate level. It's like centralized and, you know, with people and engineers who are really far removed from what's going on on the ground. Um, And so there isn't a lot of empathy or understanding um, for how this actually plays out because it's, it's so um, the people who are cutting the owners and creating the rules are so far away um, from, from what's actually going on. Yeah, this comes up. Sorry, let me get rid of Gus. He's starting to move around. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. There we go. Okay. I'm back. Sorry, everybody. Cat drama. Um, this comes up to at the, the tail end of your story, right? Because you've got the, the guy that, that came in one day and, uh, his, 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 you know, they, they, they pulled him up on the phone and said, your business is gone. Um, so the, I completely forgot the point I was trying to t- trying to make. The cat completely distracted me. Oh um, no! We were talking about. Uh, I mean, we were talking about rat, uh, people having their routes changed without notice, but I don't know what. You get cut, you you get cut off from their internal system the moment they tell you that you're done, right? Right. So it's like the tell like go into this a little bit because I think it's really fascinating what they do. And I've got uh, like the NDA that they send you. They, so they, they call you up on the phone and say, here's $10,000 sign this NDA. By the way, you can't tell anyone that your business is over for two weeks, right? You you can't tell, you know, 80 people that you're going to lay off. You can't give them people who need to find new jobs and sources of income for two weeks for no reason. I mean, it seems like the reason is, I mean, I don't know what the reason is, but it seems like the reason is they're trying to sort of prevent any sort of damage that could come out of telling people this for as long as possible. They give an exact script that you're supposed to read um, to to your drivers to break the news. And the way that it's framed is like we're we're basically we're divorcing we're, we're our contract is ending with each other but there's no the, the the delivery company can't explain you know that this was probably a unilateral decision coming from Amazon um uh and um I think yeah I think that was what I was going to say um yeah, thank you for thank you everyone for meeting today the purpose of this meeting is that I want to announce to you today that the business relationship between the company and Amazon will end on X, and the last route date for this delivery station is Y. Um, and then, yeah, it just kind of goes 
Uh, there should be, I would like to introduce Amazon representative in attendance. They even call in a guy from the upper company to, 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 to basically take the abuse of all the upset drivers. And uh, it also implies that, Hey, we're going to, it's okay. You can apply to jobs at other delivery places that are staying open. I remember the point I was going to make before Gus jumped off my lap. Um, we were talking about like the centralized nature of this whole thing. Right. And uh, the guy, the guy that you, Jim, he started off the story with had said that it felt as if um, someone was looking at a spreadsheet back at the office, uh, wherever, you know, Amazon central command, and then woke up one day and was like, Oh, well, we're spending a little bit too much money here. So we'll just trim the fat and we'll say uh, this guy, right. That it felt very arbitrary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, I, we don't know how I asked Amazon several times how they the companies that they're going to cut and how they decide to do this and they didn't respond. But I think the overwhelming consensus, not just from these people who are cut, but every owner I've talked to is that Amazon will like vastly overfill its stations with these companies. Like in any given delivery station, you might have three or four or five or six or seven or eight or nine or 10 of these companies. And once they get too many companies in, they're like, oh, we over, we overhire, we we brought on too many companies. Let's just choose a couple to get rid of um, because right now, you know, it's no longer the pandemic, or we just we can't afford this anymore. But um, it's it's uh, <laughs> definitely like trimming the fat, and um, you know, feels very arbitrary. And a- another important piece of context for this whole thing, I think, too, is how well Amazon did during the pandemic which was kind of the height of this stuff. Cause you said it started in 2018. So obviously throughout the pandemic was kind of the, the golden age of this, this last mile <laughs> delivery service. What, um, what kind of profits was Amazon pulling in at that time? I mean, record breaking profits. I think in the first quarter, was it of, um, let me see. First quarter of 2021, their profits soared 220%. But just overall in, in 2020, when these businesses were running, Amazon's profits hit an all-time record, um, which is, you know, largely because the so many people started relying, weren't leaving their houses and started relying on these, on these um, delivery companies. And I guess it should just be noted that, you know, these, these were the workers, these were the essential workers that everyone talks about. These are the people who are risking their lives to get, to get stuff to, to your door. And, um, you know, they did not profit off. I mean, they, they had hazard pay, I think for two months, um, they, Amazon did not share the wealth from the profits they made off of the pandemic with their workers, at least not, not the blue collar workers, not the small business owners that were taking on all this liability. And these are the people that, uh, in another story that you broke, uh, the, the drivers themselves are the ones that, uh, the job is the metrics are so high and so strenuous that they don't have time to use the bathroom. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. These are the people who are peeing in bottles because they can't take bathroom breaks or lunch breaks or any breaks. Yeah. And one day you might just walk in and the company you work for is gone. And so sorry. Goodbye. And by the way, it it, it also fascinated me that um, people that were running the companies were paying the employees out of pocket that Amazon wasn't. Again, that was a cost that Amazon was not on the line for, for their back pay and their some right. of the compensation. 
Right. Yeah. People are, I mean, people who had their, um, contracts cut had to continue paying their drivers out all of their vacation days out, you know, various healthcare costs. Um, and for them, this was, this is part of the reason why people went into such debt. Um, Amazon wasn't taking responsibility for, for any of these labor costs. Now, can you also tell me what the, this, uh, I, I remember I sent you a message in Slack when I read this. <laughs> Tell me, tell the audience what they're making per package, these delivery companies. Yeah. So, um, like I said, they are responsible for so many different aspects of this um, service. The way that they get their revenue is entirely from Amazon. And that comes um, as around $150 per day per route. Keep in mind that these drivers are on the road for eight, nine, 10 plus hours um, and roughly 10 cents per package delivered. Um, these these um, numbers vary regionally depending on like the cost of living and cost of doing business. Um, but just with this revenue, most delivery company owners tell me that they cannot make a profit or they lose money only would actually make profit or to make money um, as one of these companies is to get bonuses. And the way that you get a bonus, a bonus is like 15 extra cents per package. The way that you get bonuses is that you have, you have this scorecard. So every week Amazon is rating you based on a huge variety of different performance metrics. If you get like a perfect score, a fantastic plus score, then you qualify for the bonuses. So Another aspect of this is um, sort of trying to to game Amazon's scorecard system to get these bonuses. Um, and that is a whole other uh, can of worms to that we could talk about if you wanted to. But um, yeah, what are do we have any idea what the metrics are like what exactly people are being asked to perform to? Yeah, so I have some of the scorecards recent scorecard metrics weightings it's it's like dozens and dozens of different things and they're all weighted differently and the weightings change all the time but the main thing is safety and so the way amazon measures safety is with two different apps two different measures one of them is an ai camera that's installed in the vehicle that sort of tracks how fast the driver is going whether they're distracted whether they're stopping all the way We've reported on the fact that these cameras often make mistakes. Um, and then the other th- way that they're um, they're evaluated is with this app called eMentor, which is just full of glitches and bugs, but that also tracks a lot of safety-related things. Um, but a lot of delivery service company owners just tell their drivers to turn off the app or put a sticker over the camera because it's causing you know their scores to go down so much. In addition to that, there are different, just like, there are just like tons of different things that you have to be in compliance with. And the scorecard also rates all of those. Um, And then there's like five different categories you can be put into. The lowest is poor and the highest is fantastic plus. Um, And that's how you get, you get, if you can't get fantastic plus, you're not making money. Right. But it also doesn't seem to matter. Uh, Right, because the 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 gym had he was a fantastic plus, right? He was a fantastic, he said. Okay, he shared 
plastic scorecard with us. <laughs> okay, but still, like, fantastic implies yeah. you're doing well, right? Right. And, <laughs> I mean, as if he all, all the communication he had from Amazon was like, you're you're doing amazing. Um, given you know various. He did mention a few setbacks, you know, during the pandemic, things were hard. But no, this wasn't someone who was like failing the the sort of um, program and based on the metrics that Amazon has. Um, Do you think this is sustainable? Do you think that they can keep doing this or is Amazon going to have to have to change things around? Is You know, eventually people are going to start talking. You know, we've got the. The I've got you pulled up. Amazon delivery partners hit with fifteen million dollar lawsuit. Two of the guys in Portland that were do are 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 suing them. Like this can't. This doesn't seem like it can keep going on. Right. I mean, I've heard from owners that there's widespread, um, you know, frustration and anger, um, and that people are just looking for an opportunity to file a major class action lawsuit against Amazon. Um, you know, at the same time, Amazon has such a um, favorable, uh, you know, so many Americans sort of have a, a positive opinion of Amazon. And, you know, the, the number of articles that are out there about this, you know, are not are not many. And so I think, um, you know, a lot of people are still signing up for this program. Um, a lot of people are still getting screwed over. I don't I don't know whether it's sustainable. I think, um, you know, uh as it is now, like there isn't a lot of damage done. There's this there's this group called Ignite, which is Amazon's um, internal app for delivery company owners. Um, and if you look on it, like recently, there have been just like tons of complaints and a lot of people just getting very angry about all of these expenses that they're racking up. Um, so when does that spill over into... I don't know, having a real impact. I'm not sure. I know that this group also has moved off of Amazon infrastructure and has like a private Facebook group now where people are discussing, you know, options for, for pushing back. Um, the other, this is unrelated, but the other thing, another, another detail here that I think is very interesting is that Amazon has these annual conferences for delivery service partner owners and they're called Ignite Live, which the platform that they use is called Ignite. And it's this, you know, swanky event in Las Vegas um, where just people come from all over the country to network. Um, I would love to go to one of them, but it was canceled this year. Yeah. I mean, would the, you'd think that eventually these, everyone gets together and uh, organizes in some fashion, right? Because, if Amazon is going to continue as it is, they do need to get through that. Lad. They need to get the packages down that last mile um, and they're going to have to treat people better, I think. Or it just, you know, you can only screw over so many people before the whole thing collapses, I think. But I've been wrong about this kind of stuff before. It is Amazon. They are incredibly powerful. <laughs> um, do you have anything else percolating on this? Uh, no, I think that was it. Um but, but yeah, thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. I'm going to hit our outro music. Uh, Lauren Gurley, thank you. What's your Twitch or what's your Twitter, Twitter handle where people can find your work? My Twitter handle is Lauren K. Gurley, which is All right. If you enjoyed the show, but you missed the first half of it, it'll be up as a podcast here shortly. And we will be back uh, again 
tomorrow, Jason and Jordan are going to be stopping in. They're going to be talking about a new television show that we've produced called Cryptoland. It is absolutely amazing, uh, and we think everyone's going to love. And then we we will be back again next week uh, with more stories from cyberspace. We'll talk to you then. Bye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.